A fascinating discussion about leadership, teamwork, and inspiration. From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for the latest business aviation news and information. The 2023 NBAA Leadership Conference took place recently in Charlotte, North Carolina, and certainly one of the highlights from that record-setting event was a keynote presentation by Dr. Cyan Proctor, geoscientist, explorer, artist, and commercial astronaut. In September of 2021, Dr. Proctor joined Haley Arsenault, Christopher Sombrowski, and Mission Commander Jared Isaacman as pilot of the Inspiration 4 orbital spaceflight on board the SpaceX Crew Dragon capsule Resilience. Following that keynote, which built upon her earlier appearance at the 2021 edition of NBAA Base, Dr. Proctor sat down for a live onstage recording of the Learning Leader podcast, hosted by Ryan Hawk in his second leadership conference appearance in as many years. We're pleased now to bring you a few excerpts from that hour-long discussion. We'll begin with Dr. Proctor's thoughts on what it takes to build a team. So you tell us that you meet these random strangers... And six months later, you're taking off on a rocket and you have to live together for a few days. You have to make sure you keep each other alive. I mean, there's a lot going on. I thought from an an applicable takeaway for all of us is you had to develop immense trust in those people. What are, how did you do it? What are the ways that, because I think these, this, this could be useful for all of us. What are some ways you develop trust really quickly? And trust sometimes takes a long time. In your case, you guys did it in six months. You know, that's a, a really good question. And uh, a lot of that is uh, spending time together. Yeah. And so when you go and have experiences, you know, experiential learning is what I call it, where you go out and you do something that's challenging and, you're, and it bonds you in a way that gives you commonality, a place where you can go back to. And so one of the things that we did was we hiked Mount Rainier together as a crew. And I, you know, I'm a geoscientist. I've hiked the Grand Canyon rim to rim in a day. Let me tell you, I learned that I am not a mountaineer. Really? (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I do not like hiking in snow. And so, but it was such a challenge for us to get there. And then we get to the base camp, Camp Muir, and, you know, we're cold, we're tired. One of my crew members is throwing up, you know, it was just exhausting. And then we wake up the next day and it's a beautiful sunny day and you're just so happy to be there and together. Um, and, but we worked as a team to get through. You know, uh, at the end, I had my backpack on, and you don't want to show weakness. This is at the beginning, and you're, you're carrying your, your backpack. And then if you watch the Netflix series, at the end, Jarrett has two backpacks on. He took mine, tied it to his, and, and carried it the rest of the way up the mountain. Mm-hmm. And being able to be vulnerable and say, I'm struggling, and, and your crew member saying, let me help you. And then taking that weight off of you so that as a crew, you can be successful. So there's vulnerability, there's trust, there's all of these things. And knowing that when you show that vulnerability, you're not going to be penalized for it. You're going to work as a crew to solve the situation that's immediately right in front of you so you can be successful. So the takeaway 
for anybody trying to build a team is let's go find a mountain and climb it together. <laughs> is that all I'm hearing? Right? Yeah, you there, know, there, anything there, extreme. There is know? something, though. There is something to that. Think about, like, the best teams you've been a part of, whether it's in business or sports, of doing hard things together, right? That's when you have to be vulnerable. You're like, oh, I need some help, That's right? And, and you probably grew from that experience to when it was over, I mean, I would imagine you guys grew a lot. Together. And, you know, and there are things that we all have our own thing to contribute. And so even though I might have been struggling at the end with my backpack, you know, I had Haley and I was in front of her and I was like, just step in my shoes, in my, where I'm putting my foot. You know, that was one of the things. Or checking in with each other and being like, hey, how are you doing? Are you okay? And um, because at first you're just like, no, no, I'm great. You know, I can do this. But um, once you're together, you realize, you say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm struggling here and being able to know that you you learn that you've got each other's back through those experiences I think of this phrase of we need to be a good teammate I think uh, I'm, I have a sports background but this is very similar whether you're playing hockey <laughs> or you're flying in a rocket and you're going to space or you're leading a business or a company it is very helpful to be a good teammate yeah. what are some of the qualities and the behaviors of somebody like you and those you surround yourself with to be a good teammate you know, one of the things about, uh, you know, that I've learned, and a lot of this started with, I, I grew up playing sports, but then also um, going into living in moon and Mars simulations, yeah. uh, doing the high seas habitat for four months. And again, that was with basically five other strangers. So there's six of us. And I learned a lot about myself during that. And then I also did a reality TV show called The Colony back in 2010, where I lived for two months in a post-apocalyptic world and with strangers, people that, you know, they drop you in. It was truly a reality TV show where you're like, where am I doing? And navigating those spaces, I really learned a lot about myself and how to be a good crew member um, or, or teammate. And one of the things was when you, you're comfortable with no, sharing who you are, like, are you a morning person? Do you need your coffee? You know, what are your strengths? You know, I'm really good at these things. Not what are your weaknesses? What are your strengths? What do you bring to the table? And, and I think that that's so important that when Inspiration4 came together, I reached out to Jared and I said, Jared, you know, my school is a strength school. You know, all of the students in the faculty, we all know what our strengths are. I'd love to take the, and bring this to our crew. And so I made them take the strengths finders um, assessment, and then I mapped it all out so that we could see where we aligned and where we had gaps and how we could communicate in that system. So being able to understand yourself and your, your tendencies, mm -hmm. I think, are important. But then also is all, knowing what gets on your nerves, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, sometimes, like, living in the high seas habitat, one of my friends, you know, at the end, she, she wrote a book and she was talking about how the way one person walked down the stairs just annoyed her <laughs> you know and after four months you can imagine but this is with space travel these are real concerns yeah like the way somebody might chew or the way you know that just who they are over time could really grate you yeah. and and so then how do you deal with that and what we've learned from living in moon and mars simulations is that you can't avoid conflict, whether you're on a team, um, a crew, uh, within a family, conflict is going to arise. It's how you, the skills that you were given to be able to mitigate that conflict. Mm -hmm. So when it does arise, it doesn't tear the crew apart. It doesn't tear the team apart. 
More in a moment after a quick message from NBAA. NBAA Flight Plan listeners, your podcast is ready everywhere. You can download it from iTunes, ask your smart speaker to give you a listen, or hear it in any car with Apple's CarPlay. NBAA Flight Plan, available anytime, anywhere. We're back now with the discussion between Dr. Cyan Proctor and the Learning Leader podcast host, Ryan Hawk, from this year's NBAA Leadership Conference. We'll pick up that conversation now as Ryan asks Dr. Proctor about what inspired her own spirit of adventure that ultimately led her into low Earth orbit. You're an explorer. You've been to all seven continents. Mm -hmm. I was watching your videos on Instagram of you and Haley going to Antarctica. What is it about wanting to explore, not only in space, but you explored our entire planet as well. What is it about wanting to get to all the continents? Why do that? As a little girl, I loved it when my dad, my dad would just be like, get in the car, we're going for a Sunday drive. And I would be like, okay. And I'd jump in the back and I'd have the map, you know, before GPS. And I would always have the, that, our map out and I was trying to figure out where we were. And, and then looking out at the beautiful scenery and just how beautiful our world is. Mm. And so as an early age, I was always out in the woods. I was always running around hiking and doing things and, and fishing and just loving nature Mm -hmm. and so for me when it comes to exploring and going to places I've never been before it it helps me grow it 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 broadens my mind it fuels my soul and I saw going to space as an extension of that and and so when I when I think about going to Antarctica it was this world I could never imagine like I as a geoscientist I know that there's these giant glaciers and stuff but to see the volume of water and and to see these beautiful penguins trying to survive and the whales and and all of that it just makes me think about humanity and our responsibility our role in what is happening to our planet and even from that orbital perspective because all of this is about perspective you know, um, be, wherever you travel and the, and the people you interact with, and this is why I talk about um, dynamic leadership over time and space, because you change with these experiences, you change. And when you change, that gives you an opportunity to grow and to think about how you're not only um, living your life, but how you're impacting others and those around you. And when I think about our planet and I think about how we are, are determining the destiny of that, how do we work towards being better? When I think of you, I actually think of the word excellence as far as everything that you've done, a, a, a wide span of things. And you've also not only done it yourself and exhibited those qualities, but you surrounded yourself with others who have sustained excellence. What, what have you found to be some of the commonalities among leaders who have sustained excellence over an extended period of time? You know, I made the conscious decision, and this was in college. <laughs> I made the conscious decision to try to surround myself with people who inspire me. Mm. And, and when they inspire me, hopefully I'm also inspiring them. But when you walk into a room and you're surrounded by people who just bring out positive energy in you, that they're inspiring, they're hopeful, they're imaginative, they're creative. It changes you to want to be the same. 
And a lot of times in organizations, you don't have a choice, right? You're, you're kind of given a, a hodgepodge of people that you're working with. But within that, it's like, how do you set a culture of inspiration? And, and of course, a Jedi space is part of that because if you can create a, a Jedi space that fuels creativity and inspiration, then you want to come to work. You, you love your colleagues. You're like, man, I, I, I want to come here and hang out with you guys because you're, in, you're bringing out the best in me. Seeing the video of you splashing down and then you're dancing off it, which is really cool. But then what happens? Like you're, you're just back to normal life or like how does it impact you? What do you do next? How, like wh where, where do you go from there? You just been to like the pinnacle. I, I don't know how you move on from that. Hard transition. Yeah. It is a hard transition because again, it's about finding your crew and then you get this crew that's amazing. Like you're loving hanging out with them. It's challenging. You're being challenged personally. You're challenging each other to rise to excellence yeah. and, and take on this mission. You splash down, you celebrate, and then it's like, see you later. Really? That's, yeah. You're on your way. You're on your way. And you get home, literally, a week later, you got your, your bag and you, you get to your apartment and you sit down and you're like, what do I do now? How do I top that? What's next? Yeah. And, um, and, and it's not easy. And what I realized is that it's all about finding your next crew. And so I put a lot of time and energy because yeah, there's some depression that happens from that because you're like, man, it's over. Why is it over? I wanna linger, I wanna stay in this moment. But you know, change happens and you sit there and you're like, okay, how do I move forward in a healthy, productive way? And I realized I had to find my crew. And I thought, well, what crew do I wanna be around? And, it, and I decided that it was artists, it was mm. creatives. And I started hanging out with musicians and other artists and I did it and I signed up for an artist in residency with a, a company called Subtractive. And, um, and I purposely went into, again, pulling out that creativity in myself and finding a crew that would help and support and, and we could inspire each other. What kind of doors have opened for you because of your willingness to one, put yourself out there, be selected, right? Go up into space, come back. Like what kind of doors have opened for you? Um, and that's the, that's the interesting thing about opportunity. When you say yes to opportunity, it opens up doors you never ever imagined. Mm -hmm. And for me, I've seen that every single time when I take, uh, when I step through one door, all of these other doors open. And, and I, love I love options. Mm -hmm. And so one of the big things is being on the National Space Council Users Advisory Group under Vice President Harris. And so that was something that I never, I never would have thought that I'd be doing that and sitting at that table, but now here I am. And another one is I got a fellowship at Arizona State University, my alma mater, yeah. um, where they are supporting me as an artist in residence and um, creating new art in a fabrication lab. Again, I never thought that I would be doing these things. Yeah, what does art mean to you? Why is that an important focus of yours now? I have spent my entire career as a scientist and what happens is you tend to get tracked either one way or another. And it would, it, back in the day when I was a kid, you know, you're either good at science and math or you know, oh, you, you're arts and business or something else over here. And I 
love being a scientist. I've loved my career of learning about geology and how our planet works and all of that. But I was also the kid that was always looking over at the people at the art side and being like, what's going over there? Going on over there? I wish I had some talent in that area. Yeah. And thinking like, oh, I, I don't have any talent. And then discovering that creativity during COVID and realizing that we are all creative. Every day we do and make decisions about the world around us. And I realized that when I found art and poetry, I also found flow. How many of you know flow when you get into a state of flow? And so this is really great research to think about, but it's, it's when you're doing something and time dissipates, it goes away because you're so into what it is that you're doing and you're loving what you're doing so much that you forget to eat, you forget that, you know, hours pass and you're like, whoa, wait, no, you know, you, you come out of it and you're like, wow, that was amazing. And what I realized is that when I was doing art, I was going into these flow states and that, and, and it was like, it was meditative, you know, it was, um, this real kind, really kind of healthy release that I was experiencing. As the conversation then shifted to questions from the audience, Dr. Proctor turned the tables a bit on Ryan. Can I ask yeah. you a question? Yeah, sure. So um, when you think about your creative endeavor and your creative story, what made you decide to do what you're doing? Thank you uh, for asking that. A deep curiosity about people and their stories. Mm-hmm. So I, I got my MBA and my company paid for it and I felt like I was wasting time by not going back to school, but I didn't love all of the formal aspects of graduate school Mm -hmm. and instead said, what if I could choose my own professors? People like you, honestly, choose my own professors who have lived extraordinary lives, who could tell great stories. If I could choose my own and then follow my curiosity, ask them questions, who knows what could happen? And that started eight plus years ago now, 500 of these things. And I think there's a lot to be said for following your genuine curiosity with great rigor. And if you do that, I mean, you may be, end up on a stage with, with uh, someone like you, which I could have never imagined. So it's pretty wild. But you think about the fact that you took the time to have that conversation with yourself. Right, yeah. And, and that's what a lot of times when we're talking about whether it's um, combating you know, imposter syndrome or at opportunity, it really all begins with the conversation you're having with yourself. Yep, yeah, exactly, I love it. Okay, we have so few women pilots in our industry and they're often under the microscope and like you feel they carry all women pilots on their shoulders. What advice can you give to them and perhaps more so to their male peers and supervisors? Oh, you know, for the male peers and supervisors, be active allies. Yeah. You know, um, and, and what I mean by that is be supportive, have empathy, check in, and support the formation of, um, of working groups where they can find community. Because when you have community, you have support. And so how do you create community within your industry or within your company for the different groups that are there? But also, you know, and and create a Jedi space. But when you have these communities that are getting together, you know, you've got to ask them, you know, how can we support you? But also, how can we make it so that we also are a larger community coming together and working together so that we're not only supporting these smaller communities within, but the larger organization can thrive and become a community that supports each other. Let's let's do one more. What was the greatest lesson learned having finally achieved commercial spaceflight in this lifetime? 
Ooh, I think that the greatest lesson learned for me is the world is changing fast because of digital technology. In 2019, NASA put out a call for astronauts. And a lot of my friends, you know, sent me the call and said, hey, are you going to apply again? Are you going to apply? And I'm, I'm now I'm 49 years old. And I'm like, and this is what I said to them. I said, no, I don't think NASA is going to be my road to space, but maybe one day. And I'm thinking a decade, you know, when I'm in my 80s, <laughs> I'm like, maybe one day I'd be like, maybe one day I'll be able to go up on commercial space. I had no clue it was two years away. No clue. And in that 2021, they launched a lot of people, suborbital and then us orbital, to space that were non-civil um, astronauts. And that trend is going to continue. A lot of times we think of, we hear stories like my, with like my dad living in the um, Apollo age, you know, and, and how great it was because there was so much happening with, you know, we were going to the moon. But now we're in this new space economy and it's exciting what's coming down the pipeline. We have all of these startups that not only are regular civilians getting an opportunity to go to space, whether they win their opportunity or gifted it, but then we have new low earth orbit space stations that are designed for people like us to go. And I, I think that's exciting. Exciting indeed. Be sure to check out the complete conversation between Ryan Hawk and Dr. Proctor at the Learning Leader website, learningleader.com forward slash podcast. You may also learn more about Dr. Proctor at her website, drcyanproctor.com. And for more tips and information about how to become an effective business aviation leader, visit nbaa.org forward slash leadership. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking your virtual assistant or connected device. Of course, you can also download Flight Plan directly from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening, and be sure to join us next time for a new episode of Flight Plan. Flight Plan, sending out 3,500. All right, we got him inside. We're slowing up at 170.